0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coffee Time with Crystal. I am your podcast host, Crystal Riley. My purpose is to help people live in freedom from shame, guilt, and condemnation. We are starting off by doing radical stories of forgiveness. I am excited. My profession is I'm a realtor. I'm a mother of two teenagers and a wife of almost 20 years. I have a couple pretty powerful stories of my own about radical forgiveness and how I forgave my sexual abuser from my childhood Childhood. I am so excited to get to be on this journey with all of you and look forward to meeting you and interviewing and helping you break free from the lies, guilt, shame, and condemnation that holds us back from what we're called to do. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are listening from. I am Crystal Riley, your podcast host. And um, it's coffee time with Crystal. And we are here to welcome Amanda. And Amanda, where are you? Where am I getting to record you from? Where do you live? So
1: I'm in the UK in um, a part of Yorkshire, so West
0: Yorkshire, which is very much countryside. It's north of the UK. Awesome. Um, So you are my very, very first person from out of the United States. So I'm just going to celebrate that really quick. So, yay! Yay, I'm very excited. (laughs) So thank you very much. And Amanda, you are an author. Um, you're an amazing woman. I, I got to read your bio. Uh, you are on Clubhouse and you have a YouTube channel. Um, do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I basically
1: set up in business myself back in 2022. And I the reason I set up the business is because I wrote my book and um how i came to write my book was i'd i'd left a narcissistic relationship in lockdown and i i was wasn't in a really good place at all i you know i really liked this guy he ghosted me for 2 weeks i'd moved in during lockdown because we couldn't travel to each other's houses and my eldest son and his wife moved into my bedroom as and i'd moved into his And so for two weeks, I'd been ghosted by this, you know, this man that I thought was my world and didn't know what to do. And I eventually spoke to my friend and I said, can I come and get some headspace at hers? And in those, I, I was, you know, I was only planning on going for a couple of days and he kept saying, I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to talk to you. And that two days ended up becoming a week. And after the week, I was like, what am I doing? You know, he still doesn't want to talk to me, you know. And, and I just something in my gut feeling said, You've got to finish this relationship. And I did finish the relationship. And I found out two weeks later that he'd been cheating on me. And that's the reason why he'd been um, ghosting me. So always, I always say, listen to your gut feeling because your gut feeling is always the, you know, it's intuitive. And, you know, I was right. And I actually, went on youtube and kind of read up on ghosting and codependency and um you know even though I didn't want to finish that relationship um and I did and I'm obviously glad now that I did um I wasn't in a good place at all and I couldn't come home my eldest son and his wife were in my bedroom and so I'd stayed at my friend's for a couple of weeks but it got to the stage where I really wanted to come home and start healing and I began journaling and, and lots of doing lots of self-love and, and various techniques that I use now all the time in my life. And my journaling ended up becoming my book and it just poured out. It, it, I, I just can't tell you how much. It was like a page dump for me. Um, all these things came out of all my past, you know, and it was it became my memoir. And I kind of stopped at that. And I thought, well, no, this needs to, you know, I need to be writing in the back of the book all the healing techniques that I personally use. Because if there's any women out there that have been in coercive or um, unhealthy relationships or abusive relationships, then I need to be writing in the back of the book, you know, the the techniques that I personally used. And so I did, but I sat, on, I sat on this book for six months because of the shame or the, um, you know, it was just this huge thing of it was my memoir, and I had to get put it out there in in the public. Um, but yeah, it took me six months before I did that. Um, but it's the best thing I've ever done, and I'm so pleased that I
0: did do it. That's awesome. Um, and and your book is called "It's Fix it, Fix Your Future," right? Yeah, fix your future fix yeah. your future. Yeah. Yeah. awesome and you have a podcast and it is called it's heal what is your heal with heal with the real right but r-e-e-l yeah. r-e-l
1: yes like a film reel mm-hmm. and I wanted to I really wanted to do that and and just raise awareness of of how we can heal through the trauma of abuse because writing my book what I realized was I went right back to my childhood within within my book. And I start when I'm a seven year old and I went right the way through my childhood and realized that there were so many traumas that I'd held on to and unknowingly got PTSD because what the um, narcissistic relationship that I'd had in lockdown brought back and a really abusive relationship that I've been in for um, over eight years. And writing the book, I call it a page dump, because it's just getting everything out of your head onto a page. And I think that's why journaling and things like that are so powerful, because you're writing it down, you know, your thoughts, your feelings. And so, yeah, I was able to kind of go through my childhood right up to the present day and un-understand and kind of put it to bed.
0: Which is awesome. And something I read in your bio, you said childhood traumas um, that we hold onto without realizing. And then you kind of touched base on that. Would you just go back to your childhood and share a little bit of the childhood traumas? I know we kind of pre-talked about it. Just share a little bit about those tra- uh, you know, childhood traumas um, because they don't have to be absolutely horrible, you know, like sexual abuse and rape and all of that stuff and so I really liked your perspective so could you share that with our viewers? Yeah sure I think it doesn't matter how
1: much what you know how big or how small these traumas are we just pick them up along the way so for me it wasn't any sexual abuse it wasn't any you know my parents are beautiful and you know I, I love them dearly they're still still alive but something that really stuck in my head was my mom said I was a mistake um you know she, I have two older brothers um so one's 10 years, one eight, one's eight years and so there was a this huge gap um and then here I came, which yeah I you know I wasn't meant to be, but actually I'm <laughs> glad I did come. So so think just little things like that, you know um saying that I was a mistake. And then going through into um, high school, I had to move high school during my last two years. And so I moved from one area to another and I was bullied through the, the, you know, the very first year. And it was the worst thing ever, you know, going to school and, and being bullied by I I, just this nightmare of having to get on this bus and know that you would be bullied Mm -hmm. Um, and you know for any child out there that you know does those kind of things you know they they need to really think about you know the the consequences and the trauma that they give to other people and um, yeah so so there's just all these little things that kind of I'd held on to and not realized and I think
0: it's so important to be able to let go of those I think it's really important and thank you for sharing that your mom said you were a mistake I mean that's that's a major trauma I mean it might not be a physical but that's an emotional trauma and that would be something that people could carry like with them for the rest of their lives and that is something that would be need to be healed because that is there's so many things that go with that. I just think you know the rejection and the unwanted and abandoned and all of those emotions, right? And you and if you hold if you're if you hold on to that and you don't heal from it there's so many um ramifications, right? And so that is probably one of the things, and then the bullying. I mean, there's so many kids nowadays that are being bullied. I mean, bullying's been happening for as long as I've been alive, at least, right? Um, but we get to hear about it more, you know, with, with more social media and stuff, and it's a different form. But with with bullying, can you um, help un, help us understand what some of the what some of the feelings that you held onto from the feelings of being bullied like in during do you remember any of that time I guess it just
1: carried on throughout my child you know throughout my life not just my childhood it just carried on through my life of this feeling of unworthiness Mm. and you know having no confidence although on the outside I probably looked quite a confident person on the inside you know it's this mask that we then go into into adulthood wearing you know we have a mask for different things don't we and um you know and if we can't present as ourselves that's that's an issue isn't it we know we need to take off those masks and just be and I think then you go into your adulthood wearing these masks of shame
0: that's a really good way of putting it thank you um, and then you mentioned that you went through the bullying and then in our pre-interview, you talked about there was some drug addiction and you were married and then you got divorced. Um, do you want to just kind of share a little bit about that leading us into that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I
1: left home really early. I, I left home when I was 17 and I know that, you know, children nowadays don't leave home. So, early. <laughs> um, you know, I've got three Three older boys you know my eldest has left he's 30 but I've got a 24 and a 22 year old that's still at home but yeah for me I couldn't wait to get out I
0: left when I was yeah
1: and I ended up being a bit of a party animal I must say I was a bit of a raver in my days and I used to go to all the big parties and yeah and I I got into drugs and I actually met my husband at one of these parties Mm -hmm um really lovely man but he you know had so many issues for him he had many childhood traumas you know he had gone through abuse you know sexual abuse um from his father and I was the first person that he'd ever told um so yeah so I met him our eyes locked at this rave that we (laughs) we were at and yeah we got into um addictions and and uh, various drugs and i i knew the only way that i could move forward because we became codependent on one another the only way i could move forward is by leaving him um you know we're still friends today and obviously we we're, we're not on this was going back to millennium when i left him and that was the last time that i'd um had any drugs but and he went off to London and met somebody new and, um, you know, and he got clean as well, thankfully. But at three months later, I hadn't even given myself time to even find myself or be on my own. And I met somebody else and I went straight into a new relationship. And within three months of being with that um, new person, I became pregnant with my third son. And that was just a spiral um, of abuse, um, domestic abuse. He would stalk me, would climb a pipes. he would do, I know I'm laughing, it really wasn't funny at the time. He stole stole the family dog, um, slashed tires. It did all sorts of horrendous things. And when I was uh, with the narcissist during lockdown, I just realized that I've been holding on to all these traumas of the past, you know, the bullying, the addiction, the mum said, you know, my, my parents saying I was in a state, all these things that you realize that you don't necessarily think will affect you in later life actually comes back to bite you on the ass.
0: you know, <laughs> and say, oh, it oh. Does.
1: <laughs> And so, you know, writing my book was just the, uh, it was just such a release for me. And um, yeah, I, I left my job. I was a business developer for 12 years. I absolutely loved my, do- my job. I worked with adults with learning disabilities and I am a funding and bid writer. So I would write some um, funding and I would be successful. And then we'd go set up a project, you know, whatever the people with learning disabilities asked for. I was like, I've written my book. I was like, right, what's next? What's next for me? I want to go do that for me. So I set up a couple of businesses and, and two of them, uh, one of them's Fix Your Future, where I, I give confidence to other women. Um, I run retreats. Uh, I did a trauma-informed retreat last year and one of the ladies had a live breakthrough, which is just incredible. You know, when you can pass those tools on that I've used to other women um, and then get them coming back and saying they've had life breakthroughs is just, it's just immense. You know, it's that feeling is just amazing. um, And then, I, and I also set up a nonprofit, which I write my own funding for. And we were set successful with four pots of funding or just recently another pot. So five pots of funding, and we're doing some amazing projects with that um, business as well. So I, you know, it's the best thing that happened to me, really. And this is why I think forgiveness. And I know your podcast is about forgiveness. I was getting there. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think forgiveness is so important. And, and not necessarily forgiveness of the other person, mm. but actually forgiveness of yourself. Right.
0: Um, so, so thank you for bringing that up. to yeah. start talking about forgiveness. And so since we are a forgiver, forgiveness podcast, and I know that you said um, in your writing uh, stuff too, you know, for the pre-interview, you had a lot of self-forgiveness and you just touched base on something that I really, really think is important. And I try to talk about almost every episode is how important we're not, it's not just forgiving ourselves. Um, and it's not necessarily forgiving the other person because they've said, sorry. Um, it really is not, not holding on to that because we want to be healthy and we we want to forgive for ourselves so that we don't carry all this icky stuff that comes with unforgiveness. So could you explain to us how did you, when did you realize and at what point did you realize you needed to forgive yourself and how like a little bit of that process? I think it's
1: I think when writing my book was the point where I began to let go of all the past. Mm-hmm. um and I think that is important you know letting go of the past because if you're forever living in the past then you can never move forward in life and I think it's just about being in the present being grateful for what's around you and what surrounds you in your life and just living in the now not looking ahead and, uh, and worry because that then you get into that worry headspace of oh <clears throat> you know what's going to come what's next what mm-hmm. what if and all that <clears throat> So it's just about living in the now and being in the present moment and just enjoying as you're going along, you know, and, and and enjoying the small things, you know, the small things in life that we often take for granted, you know, just walking in nature, dancing, um, music, just being in that present moment. I think that's so important
0: and letting go of the past, letting go. So, what is maybe one or two things that you could give advice to how to stop living in the past? Because there's so many people that live in their traumas and there's a lot of people that don't have any desire to get out of them too. I've had conversations with those people Um, and that's fine if they're in that space, it's that's the space that they need to be in. Um, So can you just give us some tact, tangible steps that we could take to not live in the past or to recognize to, yeah. to be there
1: my beginning of my journey was the realization that I had to start loving myself I think that was the the starting block for me is I didn't love myself and I needed to begin that step and so it was lots of positive affirmations looking in the mirror telling myself on a daily basis that I was enough and when you don't like yourself actually looking in the mirror and telling yourself you are enough sometimes feels major weird you know and it's like it doesn't feel normal but the more that you keep telling yourself that and the more that you high five yourself in that mirror every day you know the more that you then start to believe that um I meditate a lot I do lots of I did did you know beginning of my um journey I did lots of self-love meditations and there's meditations out there for every you know any kind of thing so um law of attraction manifestation um money magnets meditations for everything and I think that is really important just having that moment of quietness because we're 80 percent in our heads all the time and so just having that moment to have that breath and um you know thinking about right what is my next step what are my goals um, vision boards are something that I do. And I, I'm doing a two workshops, in fact, at a retreat at the weekend. And I have my vision board on my as my phone saver with all my goals on, but you know, all my future goals, and they they come, they come true, you know, as an example. I at the beginning of the year I wanted a new dog my dog had died a couple of years ago and I really wanted a new dog so I put a little dog on my vision board and in June and this little Yorkie Terrier came into my life and he needed a home he belonged to an elderly man who died and I went to go see my friend she said oh this little dog needs a home and I was like wow (laughs) an hour later he, he came
0: home with me it was lovely that's, that's awesome. I, I absolutely love vision boards and I'm fully on board with vision boards. Um, you know, I, years ago, well, probably like six years ago, I put on my vision board. I wanted a big giant white house and I put this one house, but it was not really a, uh, it's anyways, but I had put this big white house cause that's what I wanted. And then within that year, we were able to buy a big white house and it's really neat to see how you visualize those things. And, and a lot of that stuff comes true. Right. Um, But I wanted to touch base on how long did it take you when you started to say those really uncomfortable things and high-fiving yourself and how long, what did that process look like? It took a good few years. I think you have
1: to be on your own and really like your own company before you enter. I'm not in a, another relationship. I have been dating, but I've just not met the right person for me. And I think now because I know what I'm looking for and I'm heals. Um you know it, it's I know when the right, you know, and I'm I'm not in any rush. I'm happy being single. And I think that's the important thing, you know, um when you're desperate to meet somebody, you'll never meet the right person. Right. Um, and I think I needed that two years of my own time to really heal and understand and love myself again.
0: That's yeah. beautiful. I, that's so powerful that you gave your, you were able to recognize and give yourself grace and, and give yourself that time and not rush into another relationship until yeah. you had that healing. I, that's really beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I understand.
1: And I think the the most important thing is really understanding what unhealthy relationships look like. (laughs) If You don't go into those unhealthy relationships. An
0: example of what an unhealthy relationship, what would that look like? Oh, God. You know, the
1: guy that I met during lockdown, he'd literally just come out of a relationship a month earlier. So, A, that's a definite red flag that I just did not think at the time. But looking back now, I know that that's the red flag. You know, love bombing in the beginning, which was definitely happened to me. Loads of love bombing. And, you know, he quickly said or told me he loved me. You know, I'd only been with him a year. um, But within the first month or so, he told me he loved me. Look, so that's another red flag. You know, how can you know that you love that person properly? Mm-hmm. In such a short space of time, and then gaslighting, lots of gaslighting towards the end, and you know, saying that well, it, it might be you know you've done that. It was all because of you that I was like that, or you know, kind of blaming me for something that he'd done and saying that it was my fault for the way that he was acting. Um, so things like that, you know. Um, obviously, domestic abuse you can recognise because uh, you know Digital, right? Yeah, but it's more the coercive, controlling relationships that we have to be aware of, and you know, and to to be able to spot those signs. Which I didn't even know what a narcissist was before um, twenty twenty, and I just had to go away and do that learning, and and I think that's the important thing and love yourself and understand maybe why you're
0: choosing the wrong people in the first place which was definitely me that's important i mean how does one recognize i mean there's so many people that are wrapped up in in their in their junk or in their past traumas and things like that so then how do they how does a person get to a point i mean i understand like you came to that point where you in that that toxic relationship and so then you were able to step aside and say, ah, um, but not everybody has that, or it takes over and over and over again. I, you know, we have people in our lives that, um, are in really unhealthy relationships and they continue. And then they, they have that shame and that guilt and stuff like that, but they continue to stay in it, but then they maybe hide it from the people that they love and care about. And, and is that a sense of unworthiness? Is that where that comes from? I'm processing this out loud. So, yeah, you know, I, I think habit so. or comfortability or that narcissistic personality that they're, you know, doing the gaslighting. So, and I think you're right. It, you
1: know, you keep repeating that pattern. You, and you know, you will keep it in that spiral constantly until something all of a sudden goes Thing and you learn that lesson because it's about learning the lesson
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and so it will keep happening until you learn that lesson and
0: that is definitely what happened to me you know I kept choosing the wrong people right and then you healed your stuff that's you have such a beautiful story I, I just I'm very thankful very enlightening um is there anything as we wrap up is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners that um will help them propel into their self-forgiveness or recognizing anything or anything that you'd like to share? Yeah I just think it's doing the things that fill you up daily you know the
1: the things that make you smile and I get up I do my meditation I dance a half an hour every morning I do my exercise to my favorite music and um, I do that without fail and I think once you start doing these healthy habits over a long period of time say it's normally about 60 days so if you continue to do these healthy habits and, and put them into your life they'll become a daily habit um and so yeah so exercise I walk my dog so I do all that before I then start work because I think it's really important to fill your own cup first because you can't
0: pour (laughs) from an from an empty cap.
1: <laughs> yeah you've yeah. got you've got to, to fill yourself first before then you can um help anybody else so right. I always make sure that um and it you know and it's not something that is in an egotistical way in any way it's just that I know that I have to look after number one first and I never used to do that I think that's most important
0: yeah so that's really awesome. I mean, these are all things that I say on a regular basis because you can't, you know, pour from an empty cup. And so if we don't fill ourselves up. And as women, we tend to give, 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 right. That's our nature, take care, especially with husbands or children or relationships or whatever. And so, um, taking that time and recognizing it, I have a really good friend that is um, a self-care concierge. And so she's really taught me, um, how to step back and like actually take care of myself and invest in myself. And so I've made a lot of habits, habits. I've changed and made a lot of habits and uh, not just the self-awareness, but the just I'm loving myself more. And then my boundaries are way more incredible. And not everybody loves the boundaries that I've set up, but that's not, you know, that's something that I think people need to know, know is a complete sentence, right? Full sentence. We don't have to give an explanation if we don't want to do something. It's yeah. simple. Yeah. And um I think women, oh, you know, have 17 excuses as to why they can't do something. But the reality is we make time for what's important and yeah. no is a complete sentence. And so yeah. There's a lot of good information with you thank you and then how do we contact you if we wanted to if if listeners wanted thank to contact you Yeah I'm
1: at Amanda Hague which is spelled H A I G H and I'm on LinkedIn I'm on Facebook um I'm on Heal with the Real on YouTube so if you search as you say R W E L Heal with the Real is my podcast where I have survivors to thrivers of women that have been through coercive relationships and how they come out the other side. And um, yeah, that, that
0: they're the platforms that you'll be able to find me on on Instagram as well. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I have really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Amanda. And thank you for joining Coffee Time with Crystal. And I hope you all have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you so much. Thanks, Crystal. No problem. Thank you.